So what exactly does being an audio editor mean? You know, put the recordings together with the music and make it all nice and stuff. That sounds like a lot of work that is not in my field, Trevor. I'm sure you can do it. You're smart. I... thank you? But also, flattery won't get you free work. I can pay you back. <laughs> you would want money. <laughs> I... Mierda. Look, Trev, it's fine. I kind of got you lost in time and space, after all. I mean, I agreed to, but it's worth remembering. I appreciate you trying not to put the blame on me, Trev, but I think that helping with your show will be the least I can do. Aw, Rosara, I... Even if I think it's kind of stupid. There it is. Speaking of, do you know where you are, Potato Boy? Potato Boy? Yeah, you know, from that time at the farmer's market. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Why would you remind me of that? What? I think about that moment often. So you leave one potato in your hoodie pocket. It looked like you were going to steal it, Treff. You know I wasn't. I just totally forgot it was even there. I know, Treff, but it was still very funny. Ugh. Okay, but for real, get a bang on where you are. Like a big forest? It looks like a storm blew through or something, though. It's a lot of damage. Sounds like a time. It really is. Any streets or paths or... Sort of a dirt trail? Ah, I see. Well, let me see if the computer here has... Oh, yeah, I could pick up something, still. Like the stuff we saw back in the dorm? Yeah. I see. Well, what can I do? Well, stay on your toes, and I can see what magic I can work from here. By recording and doing whatever magic you end up doing, you charge the watch. So you watch my back. And you give me the charge to use more and more abilities on the watch as we get to the next jump. Alright, let's get to it then, partner. Let's. with much haste and much, um, shall we say, anxiety from the south of the kingdom up to the capital of Excessa, not but a few days ago. The forest outside the east of the Saints Preserve is known as the Forest of Fog. It is near the city of Opiri, uh, which is in the former province of Quint in the kingdom of Alsan. And the residents of that area sent word up to the capital of Excessa, to the king, that some sort of disturbance had happened in the forest. It had been described as if a volcano went off in the middle of the forest. And 
this, of course, while there are many strange things that happen in the world of Alson with the planes of existence being so paper thin uh, in this realm, uh, this still very much caught the attention of the king and his advisors as a very odd happening and one that they needed to look into. To investigate what was going on in the Forest of Fog, the king sent two of the most capable warriors of the realm, members of the Knights of Excessa, a small but mighty group of individuals. That number, probably no more than about 21 total, uh, but are known as the most revered and most capable knights in the land. So as we go into the Forest of Fog and we kind of, our camera shifts down below the tree line, we see first, catching our eye, a incredibly large horse, almost dire horse sized, you would imagine. And it needs to be because the, the person it is carrying themselves stands an incredible, what would you say, almost eight feet tall? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm hmm. So this large person is riding this incredibly large horse. And Cheryl, would you give us a quick description of your character, please? Sure. Uh, so Tink is a Goliath man. Um, so gray skin, black eyes, no hair, some black tattoo markings on his head. Um, and he's got some tools of various kinds on his person um, and also is wearing armor and carrying a mace. So it seems like he has a lot of different things that he's able to do as we see tink on his large horse go by uh an unobservant person might completely miss the companion because the companion coming after tink is on a steed much smaller in stature um practically a pony and upon it a small uh but gleaming figure joe would you like to describe your character please yeah, so Wolfram is uh, is a halfling, and he's completely decked out in armor, um, two swords at his back, short swords. Um, for him, they're normal-sized swords. Um, and he's got a, a red, kind of red trimming on his armor, red tabard with uh, two crossed swords, very, very similar to what's on his back, and uh, wearing a pair of spectacles. All right. As the two of you kind of slowly make your way through the forest, leading your horses around various stumps and fallen logs. You don't see any immediate sign of the disturbance. You've been riding for about a half a day into the forest at this point, um, having camped outside the night before and just started your journey. So at this point, it's coming up on you, um, and you have not yet found any sign of the disturbance. But anything that you'd like to talk about or do in this moment as you're riding through well tink um don't take this as a brag i have done a lot of reading in my time and uh i can't say that i've come across too many volcanoes in the middle of the woods in my my reading I would agree, Tung. It seems highly improbable, but we should still check it out. If there was some sort of geological or geological anomaly here, that would be quite interesting. Quite, quite, yes. Can I get perception checks from the both of you, please, as you're making your way through the forest? And true to its name, this forest is very foggy. 
So you're going to make these perception checks with disadvantage unless you have some way to counter that. I think I do. Let's see here. I am going to use my um, obviator's lenses. Excellent. So I I think this gives me a the uh, basically I can see like an eagle. Yeah, eagle eyes of the eagle. Perfect. I don't know. So what you'll roll. You'll exactly. make a straight roll. Yep. Sweet. Not a great roll. Oh, okay. So I got a fifteen. A fifteen. That's better than my 10. The other was a natural 20, sad face. Oh, no. Uh, So as you're going through the forest of fog, um, you're having a hard time seeing anything that's out of the ordinary, and you you really don't have visibility past maybe 30, 40 feet in front of you uh, before the fog takes over. Wolfram, you're behind Tink a little bit, and with a 15, you were able to just catch as you see their horse begin to head towards a best description could be uh, a bit of wooden rubble. It seems that there's like a whole bunch of branches and sticks and shattered pieces of trunk uh, that have kind of been flung off to one side and you like Tink doesn't seem to notice it, um, but you see the horse kind of heading off in that direction. Um, Tink, as you get closer, your horse kind of gives a little bit of a, a move and, and uh, a little bit of a whinny as they start to step on some of these sharp pieces of uh, of wood. And now looking down, you see that your horse is kind of in the amongst all of this shrapnel of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the moment she indicates distress, I would stop her and I guess try to back her up out of it so she doesn't cut her legs. Make a... Animal handling check for me. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> you describe <laughs> working with an animal, anyway. you know. then have to make an animal handling check. Oh, <laughs> kinder days. That's a five. A five. You go to pull her back, and you accidentally pull the reins too hard, and cause her to rear back, and all of a sudden is letting out a, a loud neigh and whinny, and like it, all of a sudden is kind of moving around and making a lot of ruckus, and. Treffer, you, through the fog, begin to hear the sound of a horse that sounds like it's in trouble, in pain, in distress. Um, You can't see anything at this moment, and it sounds pretty distant, Um, but you are beginning to hear the sounds of of, of, a horse in the forest. Okay, well, that settles that if people are using those still. Uh, well, at least it's actively. Uh, I don't want to get run over, though. Does that still turn? He would move to the side and just kind of, like, head towards it, but, like, as far away from the main part of the road, like, off to the side, so he doesn't get hit. Sure. So there's no road, per se. Uh, they've been picking their way through the forest, and you, uh, upon your arrival in this dense forest, also have found yourself in an area with no discernible road. There are natural paths that are cut by various animals coming through, but they Mm -hmm. don't, you know, they kind of tend to go for a while and then just fade off. Um, Right, right. So, yeah. He would still try and stay as close to the tree line, maybe, because you figure a horse would try and stay in the middle of any path that would be there. Closer to the trees, less likely to get hit, is kind of the way he's thinking. Sounds good. He probably gets his hoodie snagged a couple times. Uh... All right, so go ahead and make a perception check for me, Trevor. 
Okay, and that is with disadvantage because of the fog. It is, yes. Oh boy. So 12. <laughs> a 12, okay. You're able to hear the general direction that the horse is coming from, but I mean, it is a, like, it could be west to north. Like, you know, it's a pretty wide swath that you hear it coming from. Uh-huh. Um, so you, you can kind of head in a general direction, but you're not able yeah. to pinpoint where yeah. this beast might be. Right. This is, he's, he's a school kid. Like he, this is not something he's used to. He's like, yeah, um, I took, I took a single half class about druid stuff. So I, I know what I'm doing. And he would walk forward. Okay. And if I don't know what I'm doing, well, then hopefully it's not my problem. <laughs> so you begin picking your way through the foggy forest, um, cutting back to Tink and Wolfram. Uh, you're after a moment, you're able to get your horse uh, kind of under control, which by the way, what are your steeds names? Putting you on the my spot. Pony's name is, my pony's name is Bill. <laughs> is your last name is your last name Gamgee? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and my Clydesdale's name is Jen. Jen, nice. Okay, Jen and Bill. The most mundane names <laughs> for horses. There's a really good reason for that. In a magical setting. <laughs> There's a really good reason to use single syllable names for horses, though. Because it's easier it's to call them. You can give them. Yeah. 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 Give them instructions more easily. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for bringing some science behind the mundane naming of your horse. <laughs> I appreciate that. So the two of you kind of write yourselves. As you're looking around, you're seeing now more of this wooden shrapnel. You're still not seeing any sort of evidence of like a volcano explosion, um, but maybe an explosion of some kind as you're seeing more and more broken trees and shrapnel as you go through. And you're beginning to notice, it, it doesn't take a check to realize this, there's a directionality to this. The trees are all, um, from your from coming your direction, they're all blasted the opposite way. So as if you were going towards the center of whatever this anomaly was. So what do you all do? I think there's nothing but to just follow this until the end. I agree. I'm sorry to clarify. It's not a path. It's like, there was a center and there is a radius as best you. Yeah. You're just kind of coming up on the edge of it. Um, so you're not exactly sure, you know, where like it's taking you a minute to like kind of dial in where that center is, but yes, okay. as you look left and right, you notice it's a wide kind of arcing path. Okay. So uh, I agree in towards the center, I guess. Yes. As the two of you continue to clip clop your way through the forest at one point, Treffer, you see just kind of in the shape, just their shapes in the fog, you see a massive horse on top of which there is some large individual. Again, all you're seeing really is kind of a silhouette at this point. And then behind them, um, a much smaller pony with a smaller individual on. And they seem to be going, you know, from where you're looking at, kind of right to left, uh, in cutting in front of you. Well, <clears throat> this is sort of what I'm supposed to do. Uh, hello! <laughs> and he would just kind of, like, call out, Hi! Yeah, hello! <clears throat> they probably don't know a lot of slang vernacular. <laughs> so, uh, so sup probably doesn't help. <clears throat> Tink and Wolfram, you just hear a small voice off to your left. 
go, hello, hi. What are you doing? I just look at Tink and... <clears throat> uh, sure, I'll go first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the odd couple I didn't know I needed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'll turn my horse's head and sort of move in the direction of the voice. <laughs> okay. I think I see you guys getting closer. Um, I, I I do not mean harm. God, I don't know family. I don't know old age terms. Hail and well, whatever. As they get to be about thir- you know, 30, 40 feet from you, they come out of the fog enough that you are able to see this hulking Goliath figure uh, and this smaller halfling, both wearing armor and weaponry, um, and decked out and looking very official. Um, would you like to describe what they see as you step out from behind a tree and kind of motion uh, to yeah. these two individuals? <clears throat> yeah, so Treff is uh, the closest thing to... He's a half-elf, so age is a little weird, but in human years, like <clears throat> college age, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, he's wearing like <clears throat> clothes that are Definitely not anything that would probably be in the kingdom out of game that's like, he's got a green hoodie, like a little brown sweater jacket on top with sweatpants. Uh, <clears throat> he's got a little star and planet earring. Like, he he looks like a college student, you know? <clears throat> Floppy hair that he hasn't cut because haircuts cost money, you know? Um, green eyes, that kind of green to brown. Uh, he's... he's kind of like the average height for a half elf you know so <clears throat> that's basically human height because elf half elf height can get pretty tall sometimes uh and he's just sort of waving you all down and he definitely the one thing is he has this weird watch on his wrist that immediately does not look like it is functional as a watch at all <laughs> um <clears throat> there's no timepiece in it whatsoever uh and he's just like he looks lost. He looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. I feel like that's a really important question. Are there watches like that level of clockwork in Excessive? There are not. Alpha? You have seen clockwork before um, that the, and you being an artificer specifically are familiar with clockwork, but what you're seeing on this person's wrist, um, you would not even immediately identify as clockwork. Why don't you go ahead and make an intelligence check for me? With pleasure. I'm going to also do that. Sure. Ah, that's better. Uh, 22. 22, okay. And I got a 18. An 18. So the both of you, yeah, the both of you kind of clock the thing on his wrist, and it's small enough, and there's enough arcane stuff going on there that it could have a number of functions. You do kind of immediately assume that it is some sort of magical item, Um, but again, without any point of reference, you know, there there aren't, people don't have wristwatches in this world. Um, and so, you know, that is not something that your head would immediately jump to, but it certainly does with those intelligence checks kind of mark your attention as a point of curiosity. Hey, uh, do you see that on his wrist? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Hi there. (laughs) 
Hello. Can you see me? Can you see me yet? Is the fog? Set? He keeps moving forward. Not not sure where the the borderline of sight is with this fog. Uh, we can see you. Identify yourself in the name of the kingdom of Alson. Uh, God, I needed to get better at my history textbooks. Uh, my name is Tref or Trevor, but Tref is fine. Um. I need <laughs> you see his brain rack for a minute and he goes like I am from the kingdom of school and the <laughs> this boy's trying he's trying real hard <laughs> what I, I need you to make a check is this a persuasion or a deception check uh, I'm gonna give myself deception on this uh, dis- uh, of this deception. I don't. It, it is obvious he's in pain. Okay. Uh, it, it is. He got a. F- Thankfully, his worst roll was a four plus seven, so it's an eleven. Eleven. Yeah, but it it is abundantly clear he has no idea what he's talking about. He's just trying to fit in. <clears throat> and I would say that for Tink and Wolfram, while this creature doesn't, or this person doesn't initially seem to be acting hostile. The combination of the out-of-country garb, the strange arcane device on his wrist, and the fact that he's right here in the middle of the forest, in the middle of this blast radius where you've been sent to uh, investigate, puts your... It, it, there's a lot of red flags going on here, let's just say. Also, um, this is both a, a question for Treff and the DM, but is his hood up or down, and are half-elves more common than elves in Elson, or are they both kind of rarish? Yeah, do they see your ears, Treffer? Oh, he would. He, he doesn't have them up right now. Okay. Um, half-elves are not completely uncommon, um, and being the knights, you've seen elves themselves, although they're pretty much non-existent in the kingdom proper. Um, but again, when you add all the different pieces together, to top it off, it's a half-elf which is, again, very rare in the kingdom. It's just, it's just, it, there's a discount sale at the Red Flag store today. <laughs> Trev did not realize how many alarms he set off. It's fine. I'm uh, holding a spear on my horse, and I just kind of, just slowly kind of level it to just kind of prepare. Ooh, that's shiny. It is. That was it. That was the end of the thought. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you don't know where you are. Yeah, no. Going to be real. Yeah, got nothing. <clears throat> Do you know anything about this? What's happened to the trees here? I assume they were always like this. I just got here. How many forests have you seen that look like this, just ambiently? Well, I live in a, I live near a city, so that kind of... Oh, right. <laughs> he, he, re- he realizes what he's saying. He's just like, I mean... Oh, there really is no good answer for this one, huh? How did you get here? So, funny story. <laughs> uh, you're definitely not going to believe me uh but magic and 
hand waves for dramatic effect. Uh, sure. Can you be more specific? Yeah, that's what I was afraid you'd ask. Um, <clears throat> so, have you developed a concept of dunamancy? We developed a concept of dunamancy? <laughs> Arcana check. Okay. Treff is trying to think of the most non-butterfly effect ways to say this. <laughs> uh, 17. 15. 15 and 17. This is a... I mean, by the by the etymology of the word, you um, assume that this is a school of magic, but not one that you've heard of. Elaborate, please. Not familiar with this concept. You see, like... <laughs> Head in hand to the side. Damn it. Uh, <clears throat> thought that was an easy out. Uh, it's manipulation over your place in space and time. Like, like you know how sometimes you can teleport? Like that, <clears throat> but better. So you teleported here. For frame of reference, yes. That's actually a very good frame of reference. Where did you teleport from? And why didn't you just say that? <laughs> because it's more complicated than that, and I couldn't think of a good frame. And uh, that is another complicated question. <laughs> um, we're going to have a couple of those. Uh, I am from, uh, well, I can. It, so I'm from a school, a, a mage school, if that helps. Uh, learning magic and stuff, and there was a bit of a mishap uh, that brought me here. Uh, university? Yes, bit of an arcane mishap. At a, which, at a... which university? Uh, are you familiar with Hakora? You are not, not familiar with Hakora? I'm familiar <laughs> no. with most universities. That was what I was afraid of. Okay, um, so remember how I mentioned the time part of that? How was teleportation but better? Hmm. The reason you may not be familiar with it is because it might not exist yet. Yet? Yet. <clears throat> Are you so, trying to tell us you're from the future? Uh, or that you presume that? Yes. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I'm so glad we got there. <clears throat> How can you be certain that you are from the future? He does the, like... Head to toes of his outfit. You're then, wearing uncomfortable and strange looking clothing. Uh, first of all, sweatpants are incredibly comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real butterfly effect, is introducing sweatpants yeah. <laughs> to the kingdom of Alsa. <laughs> first of all, sweatpants are a delight. Second the entire all, economy just collapses and yeah, exactly. Second of all, uh... Um, how do I prove that? Uh, you see him, like, start fiddling around for stuff. He's just like, I... How do I do this without... Just without making more of a mess than I've already caused? You said you're uh, a student. To... And, so, yes. Trevor, as you're kind of fiddling with things and looking around your person to, like, think of an item or something like that that could that could kind of help explain things. Um, make an investigation check for me. Can do. Oh, you're muted. 
Okay, I need to I need to start that with the abundant. Uh, okay, I need to be clear about something. Treff's got like a plus eight to investigation. So when I say he's gotten eleven, oh no! <laughs> that, that means he rolled a three. So as you're looking about, you're you're not finding anything that you feel like you know is definitive proof of the future. There's some gum wrappers, and you know you've got your ID on you, but like you know again, like you know, what's that going to prove? Right. Yeah. And then as you're looking, all of a sudden your eye catches your time travel device, right. your watch, mm-hmm. and there was a small little like button off onto the side of it that was mm-hmm. used for kind of um dialing in certain things that is not there currently it looks as if it has popped off yeah. and like you're missing a piece of your device he like goes from frantic looking at his person to frantic looking around him and it's like there's a clear shift but it's like instantaneous and he's just like where'd it go where'd it go starts walking back where'd it go where'd it go uh this isn't good uh apologies i am he then flashes the watch and immediately realizes the massive mistake he's made (laughs) but decides you know can't go can't what can you do right he's so this is how i got here this is the magical device that let me do that uh and it's missing a piece and that effects of that could be really bad. Oh, starts looking around the forest. Oh, huh. <laughs> I just like lean off the side of my horse <laughs> towards Wolfram and's like, uh, I feel like this is trending closer and closer to danger. Are you getting that impression? Something, something doesn't feel right. So a couple synapses just fired, and um, you don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> followed up with, uh, I uh, actually Wolf from speaking there is, of the there's central enough medical science. System. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Trump doesn't know what he's talking about. He's medical science in Alson is actually pretty well advanced. Hey, that's I'm, good I'm perfectly familiar with synapses. Okay, you know, apologies. Uh, I've been here for ten. 20 minutes uh he then just kind of like looks around again just goes so the device that i used to get here is missing a piece and i need to find it before it fully charges because once it fully charges i am probably just going to somewhere else Hmm. if i do that with a missing part well like in any machine if a piece is missing if it's important enough starting it up at its at any sort of function with it would be bad. Hmm. So it's bad unless I find this. <laughs> well, that is logical. Can I get perception checks from everybody real quick? Yep. At advantage for me? Is it a sight thing? Uh this is hearing based, so I'll say okay. straight rolls for everybody. Oh, Jeff is not rolling hot tonight. <laughs> Seven. Did you bring your dice curse with you, Cheryl, to the show? Hey, I rolled well earlier. Uh huh. Okay. It's a six. Six. <laughs> yeah, thirteen. Thirteen. We are doing so good. <laughs> what? What'd you get, B? Seven. Seven. Okay. 
Um, no, this, is, this is Trump's first travel. You're, you're all talking and kind of moving about and everything. And, and so it's not until it gets pretty audible that you begin to hear this like. Like this whining noise that's increasing in pitch. And as soon as it hits everybody's ears, Trevor, you look down and realize it's coming from the device on your wrist. And you feel almost this like buzz coming from it. And it's continuing to get higher and higher pitched. Like he immediately the... puts his hand on it. And yeah, he puts his hand on it to like, you know, uh, does muffle. not stop it. And you feel it vibrate and start to get hooked. Uh oh. <laughs> and as you pull your hand away and kind of back up, all of a sudden there is, it, it's almost invisible except for the way it disturbs the air um, and any particles in the air. There is like a blast that goes out from the device, almost like a sonic wave. It shatters away from the group, um, but hits a bunch of trees and splinters them. Very similar to what you all have been seeing uh, from the area previously. And then as soon as that release happens, you hear them and go quiet. What was that? <clears throat> Once again, hard on his sleeve kind of kid. He looks like he's just seen like a bomb go off and had no idea why. And you did actually see a bomb go yeah, off exactly. to some degree, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is shell-shocked and he has no clue what happened. If this was a mastermind destroying a forest, he wouldn't look this confused and scared. <laughs> I'm sorry in advance, B. Uh, Tink has gotten down off of his horse in like one, you know, swift jump and is up on you and grabbed you by the wrist in like a massive hand. Yeah, he is yeah. lifted up and goes, you know, this is completely fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to dismount and go over with my spear, just kind of ready. Okay, so this looks bad. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Word economy would really suit you well right now. Give me one very good and compelling reason why I should not destroy or at least dispel that thing. Because if it uh, if it does that missing one piece, imagine what happens when it misses more. I said or dispel. You don't know how this magic works. Mm. Make a persuasion check. <laughs> by it being a magic school that they don't know. That's fair. Um, oh, hey! You're not going to believe it. He actually grit. Okay. In that moment, there is logic to his words. If, if this is a... While, while Dispel Magic tends to work across the spectrum, anytime you're dealing with a new school of magic, you just don't know until it's been tested in the proper ways. He, he's like letting himself dangle his feet. He's like swinging his feet. <laughs> like his feet are above the ground. And he's like For swinging sure. them the way you would on like a, you know, just kind of kicking them around. He's just like, yeah, no, I believe me. If I were in your position, I would completely understand why you feel the way you do. Tensions are high, but uh, I think it'd be more productive to find the missing part before it does that again, instead of take it apart more and risk it doing whatever on earth that was. <laughs> So you're saying that if we find this piece, you will be gone. Ideally. Hmm. Uh, believe me, I have no, as much as you two have been lovely hosts, uh, 
I have no intention of sticking around. <laughs> I need to get home. I've got a project to finish. Uh, deadlines are hell. <clears throat> oh, it's too. That's too much realism in my fantasy world. <laughs> We're both scholars. I'm sure it's too much realism for us too. <laughs> yeah. Tink, uh, if you want to just guard him, I can take a look around. Uh huh. So, so I'm not getting. I'm not getting let go anytime soon, am I? <laughs> No. You know, that's fine. I didn't need I didn't need blood to my hand anyway. <laughs> so can I can I look around? Uh you can. Go ahead and start by giving me a survival check. Survival? Yes. That would be 12. 12. Okay. So the first thing that you sit and try is, is kind of retracing this kid's steps a little bit because you need to kind of know what path he came and And between that and the kind of the general area of where the blast radius came from, um, you start to make your way that direction with a 12. It's not like a perfect, like tracked trail. Um, so there might be things you missed, um, but you kind of get an idea of the direction, the rough direction that he slash the blast came from as you go to look. Okay. So as you're going, um, using your obviator's lenses, uh, go ahead and give me perception check. I'm going to say it's at advantage because even though you're in the fog, you're looking kind of down at your feet as you go. And so the fog's not really a factor that close up. Cool. All right. So that's a 25. 25. Okay. We're going to get back to that in just a second. So as okay. Wolfram kind of takes off, kind of walking through the forest and very much kind of like got the lenses on is like scanning the ground as he goes. I almost think about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids where they're like combing through the grass yeah, yeah. looking yeah. for them. Um, Treffer and Tink, you have a moment here uh, with Tink. You're just holding Treffer in the air. <laughs> um, eventually Wolfram kind of disappears 30, 40 feet away into the fog and the two of you are left alone. So I'm holding you up so that we're at like eye to eye. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So you're very far off the ground. Um, Out of what material is this device made? Um, So I'm not super sure. Uh, Definitely a lot of metals. Um, uh, See, the honest truth is I'm learning how to use it, not how to build it. And there's an artificer track, but... Uh, not, not for me. I don't want things to blow up in my face, to be honest, even though apparently I have a knack for it. <laughs> Seems so. Uh, do you know if the material of the component matters? It is likely. <clears throat> I don't have exacts, especially piece by piece, but it makes a lot of sense. The main way I understand it works as of now as of now, he puts up his one hand in the like, you know, uh, he was like, the way I think it works is that it takes latent magic in an area and transfers it into magic that it can use to make its jumps. Um, the problem is, I don't know what every piece does little by little, but if that one is what sets it into where it's going, um it's likely that it also has a hand to play in the transfer process which is not good and treffer how long does it normally take 
in your other jumps that you've experienced for the latent magic to recharge this device? Uh, I'm going to say he would kind of know just from his like little bit of experience, even though he, he does not have much at this point. Uh, it ranges on the world, but it could be anywhere from a couple hours to a night. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. Wolfram, you are scanning the ground with your lenses and looking and looking, and you see every bug and uh, piece of animal dropping in the forest. Uh, you you just you're catching everything, and then about five minutes in, you see something glint underneath a leaf, like it's just poking out from underneath a leaf. I reach for it and grab it. You pick it up, and what you have in your hand is a small piece of metal that's round with like, kind of like an ex- like a protrusion, like a very thin, long. It almost looks like a pin, um, except that you see that there's like multiple mechanisms in there, and the um, the outer edge of the uh, main circle is knurled um, with kind of little little ridges. This <laughs> certainly looks very well crafted and more than likely the item that's missing from the, the device. Alright, I'm just gonna head back. Okay. You come back holding the piece aloft. I believe I found it. Oh, you've just made my day. Okay. Uh, so you could still dangle me. It's completely fine. Um, there's a obvious hole where the thing should be. If you just want to put that in place, uh, we should be golden. <laughs> Can I reach his, where his... Uh, no, you is. cannot. You cannot. And also, <laughs> having traveled and worked with Tink uh, for many a year, um, Tink being an artificer would probably be the one more suited to reassembling a mechanism. I'm just going to hand it directly to Tink. Um, sorry, first, while he was searching, um, yeah. I would have cast Identify on this thing to understand it more. Okay. Um, go ahead and let me know, like, what type of information does Identify give you? Um, do, 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 do. <clears throat> um, if it is a magic item or some other magic imbued object, you learn its properties and how to use them, whether it requires attunement to use and how many charges it has, if any. You learn whether any spells are affecting the item and what they are. If the item was created by a spell, you learn which spell created it. Okay. Ooh. Treffer, I'm going to say that because of the nature of this being an item that is driven by magic that is not native to this plane um, mm-hmm. and not yet experienced on this plane. Right, right. Um, the identify spell works. However, the details that are given are, it's not Fuzzy. that they're not there. It's just that, yeah, it's like, you know, I maybe not all of it is able to be interpreted. So what, yeah. what type of information do you think would make sense based yeah. on your knowledge of the item uh, be right. uh, yeah, for yeah. her to know? So it is is sort of a weird... The thing is, they would immediately pick up, it's basically a Swiss army knife of spells strung together into a device. There's, like, different ways to... For example, like, language might be a problem. There's a variant of tongues thrown in there, so that way you could understand what he's saying, just in case, you know? Like, it is a patchwork quilt of things that make sense if someone is moving from place to place. Uh, That's so cool. It's also one of those devices that is like held together by duct tape and a prayer, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> Every little bit matters and it seems like, it, it is very clear that it is held together 
very delicately, and any little piece being out of place could be a problem, as was just demonstrated. Uh, it wants to work, is the thing. It wants to keep moving, and uh, this might be because Treff doesn't know how to use it properly. You get the sense that while you couldn't replicate it, someone could fix a point and send yourself there, the way that a teleportation spell, like, if you know where to go, you can get there. Uh, one with the knowledge of how to use it would be able to do that, align the thing in such a way and get them where they gotta go. So you're figuring the fact that he's bouncing around his user error. <laughs> um, and that's kind of the major pickups. Yeah. Um, Tink is trying very much to keep his intellectual curiosity at bay um, and wants to focus on whether or not it has offensive capabilities. Definitely not. <laughs> Uh, Which that, means that, that the blast that came from it, you can deduce, was a malfunction rather right. than a actual weapon. Yeah. When I say it's a patchwork quilt of spells, the ones you could probably pick up are like tongues, uh, like uh, sending, like things that make sense in the context of messaging someone back home and being able to talk to people they may not share a language with. Stuff for a traveler, not for a fighter. Okay. Um, so yeah, when Wolfram goes to hand it to me, I'll take it very delicately into very big fingers yep. and carefully slot it back into the device. Go ahead and make a dexterity check, but add your proficiency bonus. And as Tink is working on this for a moment and very delicately, because you go to slide it in and it doesn't go in all the way. And you realize looking a little bit closer that there must be like a specific rotation or angle that this slots into just perfectly. So you're in the process of figuring that out. Um, as Tink is doing that and very delicately working with it, um, Wolfram and Treffer, you have a moment to chat if you would like. So uh, thank you for finding this. Uh, I'll be able to keep on moving on. Um, sorry about the forest. <laughs> Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> well, it seems uh, that was not your fault, possibly. If it means anything, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I have to say that if you really are from the future, I would have so many questions, but I can't. Uh, where to even start? Uh, well, uh, keep them general, because um, paradoxes and whatnot. Hmm. Paradoxes. Interesting. It's the idea that... In, look, I'm going to recite my classes because I had to sit through them. Now you do. Please uh, do. It's the idea that if someone uh, did something in the past that would change an outcome, the ramifications of that would be felt, cause and effect, you know? So, mm. like, if I painted all the trees here red for some reason and it worked and lasted in hundreds of years, if the paint was still there, people would wonder why the trees were red. That's a really basic idea of it. The actions I do here would change outcomes because, you know, that's just how things work. But because I'm not from here, you know, uh, that makes the results of my actions volatile. Uh, I don't get to see the consequences of them because I move away and move on. Meaning, the worry is <clears throat> small effect, big consequence. Mm. 
that that's the fear, right? Very interesting. Yeah, it's what I've been trying to avoid and doing a horrible job of. <clears throat> Think what did you get on that check? 14. <laughs> A 14, okay. Big fingers, small button. <laughs> it is taking some time. You are going, you realize you're going to be able to do this, but like, so, you know, like hard mode lock picking on Skyrim where like, oh my gosh, it's just like the slightest degree turn that you actually need to get. That's what you're dealing with right now um, where you know you're going to get it to slot, but it, and it's not one of those things where you can like put it in and then turn it. Like it has to go in the, the exact right angle. So you're still kind of fiddling with it. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple more minutes. As he's here doing that, time. like as he's doing that, he's definitely like unconsciously squeezing tighter on the wrist yeah. to like hold yeah. it still uh-huh. to put the pin in. I feel like once it gets to like a significant level, he's just like take my blood pressure while you're at it. <laughs> but and after a couple more pressure. minutes, after a couple more minutes, it slides in, and there's a a small, almost imperceptible click sound. When it clicks, I drop him like he's about to explode and step back. Okay. He he would let himself roll a little bit deeper into the forest because he has no control of himself at this point. Uh, lands on his butt and then just kind of goes like, so that worked out nicely. <laughs> and you all begin to hear... But instead of getting higher and higher pitched... All of a sudden, it, like, tops out. And then... It's gonna back away a little bit. And then it stops. It doesn't die back down. It just goes silent. And you look down, Treffer, and whatever indication that you would normally see of a fully charged device. Yeah. You see it's there, and you know that you're about to jump. Is there anything else that you want to say or ask these these warriors Uh that you've met? Yeah, his final thing would be like, hey, so, um, fun fact, uh, time here's short. Uh, he would flash the watch again, and, like, it's just probably, like, brighter than it was before. He was like, it was probably upset because it was at a full charge and couldn't leave without the piece. Um, so that's why it was exiting enough magical force, and that's probably what happened to your trees. Um... Sorry that you're going to have to go explain this to someone else without me there to help, because I am about to leave. Uh, but you seem like very intelligent people, so uh, I have full confidence in your abilities. Um, d- d- uh, don't tell people about the sweatpants thing. I have a feeling, just a, just a gut feeling that that's going to be a problem. Uh... And um, if anyone asks, I was really cool. <laughs> he leaves. <laughs> and what does it what does it look like as you disappear? Probably the green light of the watch just does the whole like the way you would imagine the teleport like light show would go. And then there's some weird sounds that they've never heard. And then he probably just hears like, I forgot how much this hurt. <laughs> and poof, there's a little puff of air. And the leaves and the grass at the bottom of the forest floor are disturbed. But this strange young man in his strange attire is gone. Hmm. Well, I will die. I have to admit that pants that either sweat or cause one to sweat. That's not a good technological advancement. No. 
perhaps it's best that we're not in the future ourselves. Mm. For many reasons, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the most parsimonious explanation of this is a foolish young mage with a magic item he shouldn't have briefly visited and is now no longer our problem. Yes? Agreed. Let's go home. We leave, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you all mount your steeds, be, uh, Bill and Jen, and begin to make your way out of the forest, leaving behind you, not a volcano, but definitely an explosion of sorts. Uh, could see why it caused everybody in the immediate area to uh, uh, be shocked and wonder what was going on. Um, but yes, having had this interesting encounter with this young man, Something to think about as you make your way back to the medieval city of excessive. And scene. And that concludes our show for this evening. We hope you enjoyed episode two, Dry Branches. Tonight's story was told by the following incredibly talented people. Our game was run by Andrew at First Watch Show, with players at Arving Naturalist and at JoeFrank87. Mazara was voiced by Midnight Blue, and Trevor Vantross, voiced by Biba17. Our lead writer is Biba17, and this episode was edited by Biba17. Our theme song was composed by Zach at Schedule for Launch. You can learn more about the world of First Watch at First Watch Show on Twitter. And if you would like to stay up to date on all things parallel to anywhere, you can follow us on Twitter at P2Anywhere and join our Discord to be a part of our community. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you again, wherever that might be.